the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you'll get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of the Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Mark Longoria. Thank you once again for joining us and your program here, Church of the Week. My name is Mark Longoria, Director of Ministry Development here at AM630 KSLR, and we are so glad to have in studio today uh, Pastor Bill Tucker of Concordia Lutheran Church. Uh, if you've been around 1604 over, uh, I'd say, between uh, Highway 281 and I-10, I'm sure that everybody has noticed the big uh, the big crosses out it's, there. It's hard to miss it, Mark. It's a four-sided cross. <laughs> you guys light them up uh, during Christmas with Christmas colors. And, sure, sure, and it's lit at night. Yeah. so uh, It's 123 feet. 123 feet. Wow. But, uh, you know, that's a, that's a landmark to Jesus Christ. Yeah, amen. That's awesome. Well, uh, as I mentioned, we have Bill Tucker, uh, Pastor Bill Tucker here, and uh, we want to get started by talking a little bit about you, sir. Uh, if you can give us uh, some bit of information about you. What we want to do, our, our goal today is for all of our listeners to understand, first of all, who you are as a pastor, as a person, uh, also to understand a little bit more about your church, because I'm sure that there are tons of people you probably have the number of the people that pass through that cross and buy that cross every single day, but many of them haven't stopped in to get to know you and get to visit the church. And so today we want to give them a sneak peek of what's going on inside that ministry so that uh, we can have some folks stop in and, and uh, get to know you in person and get to visit the church. Well, we'd love that, Mark, you yeah. know, because uh, my guess would be if those folks stop in, they'll discover that there's a pastor mm. and there's a congregation full of people that are just like them. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I uh, grew up in Michigan and uh, didn't intend to become a pastor. I actually thought I'd be a doctor. You know, I loved science and medicine. Mm-hmm. And, and then lo and behold, in my, my senior year of high school, had a, a, a really powerful uh, sense of call in my life. And that's mm-hmm. a long story. I won't go into it now. But uh, kind of changed course and yeah. went to school, went on to the seminary. While I was at the seminary on my vicarage year, which in the, the Lutheran program is kind of the internship year, I met my sweet wife, Julie, mm-hmm. and uh, just this past December, we've been married 25 years. All right. Uh, so that's a wonderful blessing. She's, uh, you know, my, my wife is amazing, and she's a, a volunteer member of our staff and works in the area of missions and uh, does some things with youth ministry and really a great blessing. Uh, my partner and yeah. uh, my sweetheart. I've got uh, four kids. My oldest son, Nick, is in heaven, uh, mm-hmm. but I've got three others, Mike. And uh, Jeff and Kate, Mike's mm-hmm. in college, and, and uh, Kate and Jeff are in high school. And uh, if you want to understand my life, that's pretty much it. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So now, how long have you been over at uh, Concordia? Been at Concordia uh, just a little over 10 years. 10 years. Yeah, we celebrated a 10th year anniversary in November. All right, all right. And that church has been here here in San Antonio for how long? Yeah, uh, over 50 years. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm the third senior pastor. I uh, was founded by the Reverend Dr. Guido Merkins. In fact, we celebrated his uh, his promotion into heaven yeah. uh, just a little earlier this year. But uh, what an amazing man who who founded that congregation by knocking on doors in San Antonio. How about that? 
the good old-fashioned way, just the way it was in the, in the book of Acts, going to exactly. house to house. That's awesome. Well, uh, tell us a bit about the uh, culture. What's going on in Concordia? I mean, we know that there's this massive structure out there. There's these wonderful crosses that remind us every day about the love of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us and that ultimate sacrifice. But a lot of times, as I mentioned a little while ago, we don't get to go inside the walls and yeah. see what's going on. So uh, explain to us a bit about the culture of what's going on uh, with the church itself. You know, it's it's pretty simple, Mark. Uh, our goal at Concordia is is focused in two things. One is reaching people who do not know Jesus mm. and, and trying to have events and programs and, and uh, larger ministries like our school and our daycare and tiny tots and all of those kinds of things to, to share the hope that we have. Mm-hmm. You know, we live in a world that's got all kinds of pain. Yeah. And and people are struggling with all kinds of things. And, you know, Concordia, we don't pretend like that's not real. We we delve into that and, and deal with the fact that it is real. Yeah. But we have a hope that carries us through, a hope that gives us not only a, a way to survive in this life, but a, a focus to know that, that there's an eternity for us that God's Amen. already prepared through his son, Jesus. Pastor, how can we be more intentional? What are some practical things that we can do as Christians, as followers of Jesus Christ, disciples of Jesus Christ, to do that and preach the gospel and, and reach people for the kingdom of God. What are some practical things we can do? Well, and, and you know, Mark, I'm gonna, it's going to sound like I'm not answering your question, but I'm going to start in a different place because, uh-huh. you know, the first focus that I mentioned is to share that hope with people who don't know. Yeah. The other focus is to, is to become disciples, and I think that's the Great Commission, to, to go and reach people and to make disciples. And I think the first thing that we can do to, to prepare ourselves for all of the stuff that God has for us, you know, in Ephesians 2, 10, it says, God has all of these good works prepared in advance for you and me yeah. and our brothers and sisters in Christ to do. But the key is to be in his word. You know, when, we, when we're in God's word and when that word is a part of our lives, when we're taking time to read the Bible, it makes all of the other things that flow from that so much easier. Mm-hmm. We've got something to say. We've got God's working in our lives because that's the key to sharing our faith. It isn't, it isn't having a can spiel. It's yeah. not It's not quoting a bunch of Bible verses. The key to being an effective witness is just sharing what, what God is doing in your life today. That's right. So the Bible is our instruction. It's our book where we can learn. That's, that's our means of discipleship. Obviously, Jesus Christ isn't walking the earth anymore, but we have the Holy Spirit. Not in a visible way anyway. In a visible way, yes. <laughs> uh, but we have the Holy Spirit. We have the instruction of the, of the Scriptures. And uh, as disciples, we are taught so that we can teach others. That's what Paul told Timothy. I leave you these things so that you can instruct other men who will in turn instruct other men. And I think along the way somewhere, generally speaking, of course, um, somewhere along the way we've gotten caught up in our Christianity and we're following this movement and that movement and you know these, all these things that are going on all over the place. And we forget about the fact that we have been commissioned to go and reach people, uh, uh, reach them and bring them into the kingdom of God and disciple them. So I'm very glad to hear that you guys are, are, are focused on that. It's it's pretty awesome. It's it's it, I believe it's what we're called to do. Again, yeah. You know, we we uh, a few years ago we went through this process of trying to figure out a mission statement. You know, lots of churches do it. It's it's, it's common practice in business. And uh, after going round and round and round and trying to come up with all kinds of fancy phrases, and I, I'm not I'm not demeaning anybody who does that. But what it came down to for us is that we already have a mission statement, and the boss, you That's know, right. our boss, Jesus, gave us the mission statement. He said, 
go and make disciples. That's right. He you laid know, it out Reach for us. people and make disciples. All right. So what did you say what the second one was? Your second? Well, to, to reach people who don't know Jesus and then to make disciples awesome. of those make who disciples do. Them. Amen. Yeah. Awesome. So we just finished up the Easter weekend. I know you guys had a fantastic time with Palm Sunday oh, and Easter Sunday. Yeah. Uh, and you're, you've started a new series uh, that I want you to share a little bit about, the uh, series Living on Purpose. Yeah. We're, we're really excited about it. You know, and it began last weekend with Easter, and it's going to continue on for the next few weeks. And really, the goal of that is to bring to life that promise in Jeremiah that says that that God has a plan for us, that we are created on purpose, that we are living on purpose. And and one of the things, you know, Rick Warren has a phrase, God doesn't waste our hurts. Boy, I believe that, Mm -hmm. that he doesn't waste the the struggles and the pain and the things we go through. He's constantly with us. Mm -hmm. And, and, And if I had a chance to constantly be with my kids, I would constantly be trying to figure out how to how to encourage them and how to prepare them and how to use the things they're going through to help them be better for the next experience or more clear about who they are and and to affirm their gifts and blessings. Well, we have a heavenly father who is with us. Yeah. And he has a plan for our lives. You know, I mentioned the Ephesians 2 passage. You know, we quote Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 a lot, that we're saved by grace through faith. Right. But we forget that that moves right on in to Ephesians two ten that says, and I love the New Living Translation, we are God's masterpiece, mm. created in Christ Jesus to do the good works he's prepared in advance. Yeah for us to do. That's all about purpose. Yeah. That God knows he's not only called you, but he has this plan for you as a disciple, as a witness, as a friend, as a husband or wife, a, a, a person who in this world yeah. is salt and light. How, how do we help someone, Pastor, that um, uh, was salt and light, they were really on fire for the things of God, and they had a, they had a major failure, and by no means are we judging them, but how, how do we help someone that uh, that needs their saltiness back, and they need to come back and really just. They, they, it, I've known people that want to, but they feel so guilty. They feel so bad that they've betrayed God. They feel so bad that they've just. They they feel they've committed the major sin. Oh yeah, and and you know one of the things we talk about at Concordia frequently that I talk about in messages is that every single one of us is broken. Right. Every single one of us is a failure, and at Concordia. The, the failure begins with the lousy guy up there preaching, mm-hmm. me. You know, that there's, there are none of us that are superhuman. There are none of us that are beyond this brokenness and mistakes. And, and if there hasn't been a major failure in your life, that's because you've avoided it by maybe a step or half a step. Yeah. You know, we're, we're always at risk because we've got this old sinful nature that wants to overwhelm us. And all of the temptation of the world and all of the things that pull and tug at us, we're at risk constantly, and it's only by God's grace, and it's only by the encouragement of, of brothers and sisters in Christ, and it's only by the power of the Holy Spirit that, that you and I are, are moving in the right direction at all. And so the hope is that, that when people come to Concordia or when our members are sharing with folks who are broken, and, and maybe they're ashamed, and maybe they feel like you know there's nobody worse than them because of whatever hurt there is in their life. Hopefully the message goes out that says, you know what, this is a place where you belong. Mm-hmm. You know, people come into churches sometimes, you know, Concordia, any of the great congregations throughout this city. Mm-hmm. They come into the church and they sit there and they, they look around and they say to themselves, you know what, all of those people belong here. But man, if they knew me, they'd throw me out. Mm. You know, Mark, that's the devil's lie. That's right. You know, everybody in that congregation, like I said, beginning with me, 
is a sinner. We've all fallen short. All fallen short. We are all broken. We've got hurts and wounds, and we're just we're just trying to survive. And then along comes the gospel. And Jesus not only pours out his blood to wash away our sin, he pours out his spirit because his purpose is not only to give life. He said in John 10.10, I've come that you may have life and have it abundantly. Now, that doesn't mean, in my theology, that means we're all going to get rich. You know, it doesn't mean we're all going to drive fancy cars or have all the things we want. But what it means is that we can have something better than that. Yeah. We can have joy, and we can have hope, and we can have fellowship with brothers and sisters, and our life can have meaning. It can have purpose. That's right. A few days ago, I was talking to uh, the great Christian artist, Carrie Job, and I like the way she she put it. She says, God ministers to broken people through broken people. There's no other way. You know, because, you know, people see... You as a pastor behind the pulpit, people see her as a as a Christian artist all over the place, and and they think, man, they've got it together. I wish I was like them, or I wish my wife, my husband was like that person, like that minister. And they don't realize that you know what, we're just as human as the next guy, and we're broken. Well, one of the things you know, one of the things at Concordia that that has happened is, you know, we lost our son, our oldest son, Nick, a couple of years ago, not mm-hmm. not quite two years, mm-hmm. and so. We haven't had the luxury of hiding behind that that pretension, you know, mm. that everything's okay. Uh, and so the result has been the congregation has been a very real part of, of our pain and our yeah. grief and our loss. Yeah. But it's been a <clears> – the amazing thing, Mark, that has happened is that uh, – in a way that maybe doesn't happen all the time, mm. the congregation has been able to minister to us. Amen. And it's they've they've watched us go through this struggle, but they've been right there with us. Yeah. And it creates a creates a sense of understanding. You know, I, I was talking with a pastor friend of mine last summer, and and he was asking about how we were doing in our family and so forth. And one of the things that I said to him is that it's for me as a pastor. Uh, you know, I've been a believer as long as I can remember, uh, and I've always believed in in grace, and I've believed in God's word. But to go through an experience like this, it, it changes you from from preaching grace mm. to understanding the need for grace in a way that that transcends anything I've known before. Wow! And then to experience that in our brokenness, to experience that grace and love and support from our congregation. Yeah, yeah. It's very powerful. Absolutely. And that's what the church is, you know. We're all there to help each other out. We're all vulnerable. We're all real. But the Holy Spirit ministers through every single one of us. And, Mark, that's the the thing. Churches so often get caught up in in fighting and bickering and and divided over insignificant things. But when we get past that stuff— When we, when we really get to the point where Jesus said, you know, the world will know you're my disciples because you love one another. Right. When we get down to doing that and, and we get focused on the fact that there are, there are, we're, we're broken and we've got a world of broken people yeah. and the possibilities are endless for reaching them, that's when congregations come to life and do amazing kingdom building things. That's right. That's right. We need Jesus. We need more of Jesus every, every single day. Every one of us. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I like, uh, I like something that I saw on your website among many things, but 
I want to pinpoint on something since we're talking about the local church and the congregation and how we're all family. You have something on there that says how to become a member of your Mm -hmm. church. And I want to touch on that just a little bit and kind of segue into it because um, I think a lot of times uh, people are just kind of, well, you know, we'll visit this church and that church, and they don't really plug in anywhere. In fact, I've even heard some pastors say, hey, listen, if if you've been here two, three times, you remember. Uh, But there's really no commitment. There's no sense of this is really my family. Well, how important is it? Um, it, it speak to us from, from your perspective uh, about becoming a member of a local body. Well, and, and again, uh, this may sound crazy. You know, as far as, as far as I'm concerned, when people attend Concordia, they're part of our family. But becoming a member is, is all about taking another step. And, in fact, when we receive new members, we, we talk about the fact that these are folks that God has led here to shoulder in with us to accomplish the mission of reaching lost people and making disciples of those who know Jesus, yeah. that, that those are people that God has brought to shoulder with us. Because that's what the congregation is. It's not just this place where we love each other and care about each other. We're on a mission. Yeah. And so every we believe everybody that comes into that congregation is now about the process of growing in their own faith, of growing in their faith as a family, a, a, an individual family, and becoming part of the ministry that God has given us to go forward. In fact, what we talk about, you know, taking the taking the section from Matthew chapter 16 where Jesus said, you know, the that that we're going to that that the church is going to literally batter down the gates of hell. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we talk about. Mm-hmm. That that's our mission. If we want a word picture for what it means to reach lost people and and make disciples, that word picture is that we as the body of Christ empowered by the gospel, guided by God's awesome spirit are battering down the gates of hell. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Bill Tucker. Uh, He is the uh, pastor over at uh, Concordia Lutheran Church. Um, And uh, if you've ever been there off 1604, uh, which I'm sure you have, uh, there between uh, Highway 281 and I-10, right off of Hubner, you will see the big uh, four-sided cross. It's a huge cross that stands by the side of 1604. That is Concordia Lutheran Church, and you are hearing the voice uh, now, right now, of uh, Mark Longotti, Director of Ministry Development here at KSLR. But I'm interviewing Pastor uh, Bill Tucker just to find out a little bit more about what's going on there at the church. Um, Pastor, tell us about uh, what can someone expect when they walk in through the doors of Concordia? Tell me about the different ministries and uh, just the people. Well, you know, it, one of the one of the uh, experiences that I that I get a lot of feedback about is that when people come to Concordia, that at first it's a little bit overwhelming. It's it's a pretty good sized campus. It's a big sanctuary. There are lots of buildings. There are lots of things and lots of people. Lots of things going on all the time, and people can very quickly begin to feel like, oh my gosh, this is a big church. I don't know if I fit here. But but after a, a very short time, as they begin to plug in and get connected, what they discover is that it feels like a small church. Because mm. uh, we really, really emphasize that we need to love each other, that we need to be caring about each other yes. and supporting one another, and we need to be constantly on the alert for the opportunity to love the people around us, whether they're coming through our doors or, or whether they're in some other part of the world, that we need to be sharing that love of Christ. Mm-hmm. How, how do you do that? I mean, because someone walks into a... If you walk into a church with... 50 in the congregation, uh, you, can, you can feel that a little bit more. But how do you accomplish that in a, in a, larger, in a larger church setting? You know, it's uh, interesting. I was talking with a, with a dear friend of mine, and, and, you know, I'm constantly looking for mentors and people who can coach me and help me become better at, at leading and loving and, and all of that. Yeah. And this guy's an amazing guy. And, and he was talking to me about, about people, and he said, you know, one of the things you need to understand, Bill, is that you can change behavior 
but it's very difficult to change attitude. Mm. Well, one of the things that God has blessed us with, and again, I think it's, I think it's the result of his, his promise fulfilled, that his spirit is where we gather in his name. And so I think what, what we're blessed with is that that spirit has created an attitude of love and an attitude of acceptance and an attitude that's warm. And so it's easy from there. If the attitude is right, then the, then the actions and the words and the interaction and the fellowship flows from that. Yeah. Well, I know that at Concordia, you guys do uh, things uh, to connect to the local community. I know that you have your your drive through I don't know how you officially call it. Yeah, the drive through nativity. The drive through yeah. nativity, yeah, right around Christmas time. And right around the corner here very soon, you're going to be having your vacation Bible school where <laughs> over the, a thousand kids will be out there. So yeah. uh, to give us a sneak peek on, on One that. One of the best weeks of the whole year. Yeah, we've got, uh, we've got you know, I don't know, 14, 1,500 kids that register, wow. maybe more. We've got uh, about 800 volunteers. Mm. And, uh, you know, people come together and, and we're, we're loving those kids yeah. and we're loving those volunteers and we're, we're trying to share that message of hope. In fact, Mark, one of the things that uh, in just, a, just this Sunday, on Easter Sunday, the registration went live for yeah. folks who want to volunteer and folks who want to, to bring their kids to vacation Bible school. It's easy to do it, ConcordiaLutheranChurch.com. It's obvious when you go to that page. But uh, what a great chance. You know, there'll be, there'll be a portion of those kids that are, that are members of Concordia, maybe maybe a third at most. Wow. But there'll be about two-thirds of them that are from the community. That's awesome. And lots of them have church homes, and they're just looking for, an, for another way to fellowship and to grow in their faith. But there are many of those kids who, who don't know Jesus. Mm-hmm. Some of them don't know anything about him. And we have the privilege of loving them and having fun and in the process sharing the most important message in the whole world. So you have a whole f- full week, June 25th through the 29th, that you'll be having the Vacation Bible School. Is there a fee t- attached to it? Nope. It's our gift. And what is the uh, what are the hours? Uh, we begin yeah. we begin at 9 o'clock, and it goes through through noon. And again, anybody who goes to the webpage will get all those details. It's easy to register. Uh, and, and then as soon as they register, we'll communicate some more information to them. Yeah, all right. Now, you also mentioned to me that uh, that you guys have mission trips that uh, that you guys go on. So tell us a little bit about, about what you guys are doing around the world. Yeah, well, it's exciting. One of the mission trips we have coming up is a brand-new trip. Uh, it, we call it uh, uh, for advanced missionaries. And what we're talking about in particular is uh, our young people who've been on previous mission trips uh, and we're going to take them to Costa Rica, and we've got a, a great opportunity to share God's love and to minister to people in very tangible, uh, concrete ways. That's going to be powerful. The, the mission trip that is just absolutely a blast, that comes up in June, but the mission trip that is absolutely a blast is the, is the we call it the mega mission, and we take about 100 kids and uh, a whole bunch of adults, and we head off and we we. Uh, and during the day, we're working like dogs to to make a difference in the community yeah. and share God's love. And in the evening, we get together, we worship, and we talk about what's happened. And it's a life-changing experience. Life-changing for the kids, life-changing for the adults, mm. life-changing for the pastor. Every single time I come back from that week, you know, and and I'm absolutely amazed at how God has blessed me in the process of blessing others. But that's coming up at the end of uh, end of July. It's I think it's the second of the last week. And this year, we're going somewhere that we haven't been before. We're going to go to Joplin. Um, you know, my, my wife and I uh, were there a couple of weeks ago on kind of an advanced trip to check out, you know, the things that they want. Mark, it's amazing, the, the devastation still. that still exists. Wow. And, and while they've done a great job of, of cleaning up and, and making repairs and moving forwards, they're, they're still... 
foundation after foundation after foundation where there used to be a house. Wow. And now there's just a piece of concrete. Mm. Um, and lots of other ways that we're going to have a chance to minister to that community and, and be of help to those people. So we're really we're looking forward to a, to a new, a little bit different kind of a mission, but a great chance to, to touch hearts and change lives. Yeah. How important is it to, to go out and do something else outside of the local community? Because I've, I've actually heard people, you know, you're talking about bickering and stuff like that. And I've heard people say things like, you know, I don't know why that church or why those people are going out all the way out there when we have needs right here. You know, because I know you guys are doing both. You connect to the local community, but you also connect to other places by means of missions. Well, and we, you know, let me answer the second thing that you said first. One of our mission trips this summer is actually here in town. Mm-hmm. That we're going to go into a community and serve those people and love them. And, and in the very same way that we do in other places. Yeah. To reach out and share hope, and and again try to touch their lives in tangible ways, but you know, part of, a big part of the mission trip is getting people out of their normal context, yeah. sort of sort of breaking through the pattern and, and getting people out of the the you know the the custom of, of electronics and TV and all the stuff that consumes so much of our time, right. and getting them focused on serving and getting them focused on loving one another, and in the process knowing that God's Spirit's going to be there, and that's that's when the miracles happen. Yeah. Amen. Well, you've been listening to Pastor Bill Tucker from uh, Concordia Lutheran Church here on uh, 16801. That's 16801 Hubner Road, right off of uh, Loop 1604 in the northwest side of San Antonio, right between uh, Highway uh, 281 and I-10. Uh, for more information on your church, uh, you have a church website. We it's do. Very, Love very to help people visit. Yep. ConcordiaLutheranChurch.com. ConcordiaLutheranChurch.com. You can find out more information about their services. I can tell you now that they meet Saturdays at 6 p.m. And on Sundays, uh, they have three services, uh, 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., as well as 11 a.m., and then your Vesper service at 5 p.m. On Sunday evening. uh, On Sunday evening. Um, And uh, so if you want to get to know Pastor Bill Tucker, we invite you on behalf of AM630 KSLR, everyone here and staff, we want to invite you to go out there and, uh, and meet him in person. Uh, visit the church, and uh, hopefully you can get plugged in and uh, just get to know Jesus Christ in a more intimate way there at Concordia Lutheran Church. Pastor, we appreciate your time. Thank you for being out here. Mark, it's great to be with you. And right. We'd love to have folks come and, uh, and just experience what Concordia is all about. Amen. God bless. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you've got a chance to get to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you would like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. 
Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.